The Archdiocese of Chicago is a vibrant and diverse faith community. We celebrate our faith through worship, evangelization, and reaching out to the needy. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. You can also get us on youtube.com slash catholicchicago, youtube.com slash catholicchicago. I'm Father Greg Sakowitz, the rector of Holyoke Cathedral, and co-host Mark Teresi, who is the director of the 175th anniversary, Mm the 150th anniversary, also heavily involved with Legacy, and good morning to you, Mark. How are good you? Good morning. Very, very good. We're, we're almost at spring here. Well, now we are taping this program on Thursday, February 8th. Oh, it could snow by the time the And the playback will be on today, Monday, February 12th. So Super Bowl game will be over by the time this program airs. So what's your prediction for the Kansas City-San Francisco football game? I think... Um, Kansas City, 27, and uh, Frisco? Frisco, minus 10. So Minus 10. So, no, 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 minus 10 from the 27. Just 27-17. I'll tell you, there are two great teams. It's hard to believe that Kansas City, their uh, fifth Super Bowl appearance, I think in five or six years, they've won two going for uh, back-to-back for the Super Bowl, but... My prediction would be, I go back and forth, back and forth, because San Francisco was actually favored by two or two and a half, but I don't want to say uh, Kansas City, 24, and San Francisco, 20. Wow. So we've heard it here, and I think it'll be a good game, two tough defenses, but Kansas City's been on a roll lately, and um, so again, our no no number today, because we've been playing back, we get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago here on WNDZ 7.50 a.m. Great program lined up here this morning. We are now into the month of February, which is, of course, Black History Month. Black History Month is a time to honor the contributions and legacy of African Americans across the United States history and society. From activists and civil rights pioneers such as Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, Marcus Garvey, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, and Rosa Parks, to leaders in industry, politics, science, culture, and more. According to History.com, the Black History Month 2024 theme, African Americans and the Arts, explores the key influence that African Americans have had in the fields of visual and performing arts, literature, fashion, folklore, language, film, music, architecture, culinary, and other forms of cultural expression. In honor of this theme, our guest today is author, artist, and old friend, Andrew Like. Andrew, good morning and welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning to you guys. Uh, I'm happy to be here with you. And and by the way, I love the new set there. My goodness. Isn't it beautiful? Well, thanks to uh, Michael and Brian and Clint and the entire team and Vince. Um, The the TV studio, this is is state of the the art. It is beautiful. They've done a phenomenal job because it's been a while since You've been on the program because I know Andrew, back in 2015, you had some serious health issues. Talk about that for a moment. Yeah, I um, I had just left the Archdiocese of Chicago's in June, um, and I, honestly, I, I the the previous couple months 
just uh, in the process of closing the office, it was a lot of stress. And I thought that 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 lethargy I was feeling and whatnot was just from that. Uh, but then I had this what I thought was an abscess tooth hmm. that uh, wasn't responding to the antibiotics. And uh, so my dentist referred, said, see your primary care. And primary care just gave me another dosage of the same antibiotic at a higher dose. Um, and um, that didn't help. And my my throat began to swell up. And then so my wife wow. took me to the emergency room. And that's where they detected leukemia, wow. blood cancer. And um, it was a frightening moment for just a moment, quite mm -hmm. honestly, because uh, when you're faced with something that is life, actually life-threatening, you can't, at least I did, I, I just fell back on my faith. Who do I say I am? Who do I say I follow? And, and, and death isn't the worst thing to happen to people of faith. So I wanted to hold on to that. And so I reached out to people. I, I uh, asked my my family and friends and colleagues and Facebook friends and everyone to pray for me. And um, the response was so uh, powerful uh, that I, I, I felt that I owed it to all these prayer warriors to approach this with courage and not fear. So did you, did you it, go through a chemo and radiation? Yeah, uh, many rounds. I had a month-long stay in the hospital initially and then another, every other month after that for six months, uh, it was a week in the hospital going through chemotherapy. Wow. And uh, they thought they got it. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of like released, set go. It was middle of 2016. Now, but then it came back in early 2017. So about six, seven months later. So Andrew, you and your it, wife are very involved in uh, marriage ministry. Uh, yes. Talk about that ministry and how it related to your illness. Well, you know, uh, it, it was really strange that, you know, in, in marriage, we, we make this promise for a lifetime. And, and most couples have this this dream of, you know, living into your old age. But nobody thinks about illness. Mm -hmm. You know, we expect to to live with great health until we just drop dead, you know? And and so being faced with a serious illness, it really called us both to that promise. And it, 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 when that promise is, you live in that promise uh, and it's kind of like a, uh, a, a theory, pipe dream even, mm -hmm. but when it's right in your face and you're seeing this tremendous care and love and support uh, with you. Terry stayed in the hospital just about every night I was there, she was there. Wow. Uh, and uh, my family, my siblings and cousins and, and close friends, they rallied. Uh, I was uh, in touch with, there were parishes who had me on their, their, their prayer list. Uh, uh, my good friend, uh, Mike, Mike Perry, he was the head of the Franciscans at the Vatican. He was saying mass for me there. Uh, and in a strange way, it's hard to explain it, but I felt those prayers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, felt, I felt the support. 
and it kept me hopeful. It kept me from falling into fear. Now, it's very, very and, interesting is this, and that is, uh, since I've been a priest now almost 45 years, the gift of priesthood, but many, many times when something tragic happens to someone, leukemia, the death of a loved one, a divorce, the house burns down, it just goes on and on, people say, oh God, why me? Many people say, oh God, why me? With tragedy and um, things that happen to us, you know, horrible things. When was the last time something great happened to you and you said, God, why me? Exactly. You think, you think about it, when something tragic happens, yeah. oh God, why me? When something great happens, maybe, oh God, thank you. Why do we say, we never say, God, why me, when something great happens? Well, and it's interesting because, uh, Andrew, I can identify with your illness because some years back I had a life-threatening illness. In fact, Greg even anointed me at the hospital. And my wife kicked in and she became my nurse where I had to come, go home and have um, different medications through a port. And every day she... We never imagined. Do you ever imagine that, Andrew, when you're standing at the altar getting married, that you'd be in the we, situation? Well, you know, we say for better or for worse, but we're really banking on better. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and, and, and the idea is she could put whatever she wanted in my arm. <laughs> she could have wrapped <laughs> it up pretty Finish quickly. you up. <laughs> uh, I, I yeah. want to make sure we get to Black History Month, Andrew, but mm -hmm. for Andrew and for Mark, mm -hmm. you both experienced incredible illness. Mm -hmm. uh, Mark, in your situation, because I was at the hospital, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, to anoint you. In your case, Andrew, leukemia. How have those illnesses changed you? Well, just, just what you were saying, that we don't, we tend to say, why me for the negative. Since I have recovered, and especially in the last uh, four years, I've just gone through this amazing rebound my my health is 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 super right now you know i'm i'm a cyclist i go out and ride my, you know 20 miles 25 miles on the bike and things like that wow. but every day i ask god why me for these blessings for this wonderful life that i have uh and for that realization of the love that's around me uh to know with such evidence that I am loved uh, is so powerful. And so, you know, I, I, I think it's also a reflection that even though I'm, I was working for the church and trying to be a follower of Christ, I, I was a bit naive before. Right mm -hmm. now, I feel like I've, been, I've, I've matured in my faith, and, and that's what cancer did. How about uh, you, Mark? And, and yeah, I, think, I agree with Andrew. I think part of what I felt, because when I was diagnosed right away, our kids were looking up the possible, and, and the um, IV that I was on, if it didn't work, that was it. Uh, they knew that, I didn't know that. But I felt held. I, I didn't feel abandoned, you know, I just felt yeah. held. And, I, and I, I don't know if it changed me, but it, it put a lens on everything, all the blessings. Yeah. In, yeah. In, in my, you know, we had seven grandkids after that. and. I see them very differently than because I maybe wasn't. I would see them maybe if I went to heaven, but right. I wouldn't. I, I didn't have the interaction. So I agree with Andrew. I think it it gives you an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. Uh, we're going to. I, I realize this first segment we didn't talk much about Black History Month. So Mark, take us to break. 
When we come back, we'll get into our topic for the program. Beautiful. WNDZ 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. You can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Uh, we're with Andrew Like. We're going to be talking about African Americans and the arts. His take on not only what he's written, but what he's lived uh, throughout his life. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please. Catholic Charities Loss Program was created more than 40 years ago to help survivors of suicide wherever they are in the grieving process. This nationally recognized program continues to offer a safe, non-judgmental environment where survivors of suicide can find community, direction, and resources for healing after suffering the devastating loss of a loved one. Online and in-person services are available for individuals, couples, children, and families of all faith traditions. To learn more, call 312-655-7283 or email loss at catholiccharities.net. Don't suffer alone. We are here to offer loving outreach to survivors of suicide. Contact Catholic Charities today. myself going into any other school. Our school fosters growth by being a backbone to our family. My kids are incredibly well-rounded. I see a lot of kindness in them on a daily basis. One of the things I think Catholic schools do well is personalize the learning experience. You can hear joy in the classrooms. I feel that like I'm happy that I am in this kind of school. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. Visit artschicago.org slash findaschool. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship programs provide a free opportunity for young adults to spend time with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youth aged 9 through 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers service friends who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports every relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that can help young adults build confidence and enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7970 in Cook County and 847-782-4224 in Lake County. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today.
we're back at WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago. You can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Treacy here with Andrew Like. Andrew, we're talking about the black cultural experience, African Americans in the arts. Growing up, um, I remember I had Italian grandma, Polish grandma. At Christmas Eve, we'd go to both, experience those cultures. When you were growing up, what did you experience in terms of African American culture? Well, uh, actually, from as a child, I, I guess I can look back in retrospect and analyze it. Uh, you know, I lived in a poor community, a poor family, economically poor, uh, public housing, and uh, but we had a strong sense of community mm-hmm. and, and taking care of. You know, the, I was I lived in a high rise building, and we saw it as our responsibility to take care of the the garden and and things like that you know um and um i uh my parish was holy angels oh. and uh, uh i as a as a child was just captivated by just it felt good to be at church mm-hmm. and this was the the preconciliar church i was born in 1952 mm-hmm. so i my earliest remembrances was in, the, in you know before the second vatican council but it, uh, it, after we began to use English, you know, and uh, uh, I think it was also kind of like the timing of our involvement as a community, the black community, African-American community. Um, that was a time of civil rights uh, and um, uh, a realization that happened in, this, in the late 60s. Uh, where we begin to express ourselves as Black Catholics, mm-hmm. uh, integrating our spirituality, which is wrought from uh, you know, centuries of oppression and um, discrimination and, and, and domestic terrorism and all that. Uh, it, 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 our, our spirituality was one where we easily lamented to God. Talk about why me, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But it it become, it became our dependence on God. And, and it's, uh, uh, we, we sought God as our comforter. The interesting thing though, what I, I remember when I was in my earliest childhood was we'd go to mass on Sunday Mm -hmm. and come home and turn on the radio to have church. Oh, yeah, and uh, and I, it wasn't odd to me. I thought that's how you do it. You know, you go to mass, and then you come home and have church. You know, uh, but it was after uh, you, you know later in the '60s when we began to integrate our spirituality into the mass. Uh, we realized that oh, we can have church at mass and. Uh, and, and enjoy that and, and, and grow from it. Now, where'd you go to high school, uh, Andrew? My first three years were at Quigley South. Oh, sure. I, I, was, I was so captivated. I was convinced that I wanted to be a priest. You know, Father Howie Tewitt was a, oh, was sure. a powerful role model for me. And my uncle, uh, he, he, was, uh, he was ordained in 1966. He was a Franciscan priest who became an archbishop, you know. And uh, so I had some powerful 
role models when I was young. But I have to be honest with you, it was puberty and those new feelings <laughs> that were popping up <laughs> with you made me realize, nah, there's got to be something else I can do. <laughs> I can work for the church in a different way. Yes, and, exactly. And it, uh, yeah. And so they talk about Black History Month and all the history connected with it. And let me, let me ask you this, Andrew. In dealing with Black History Month, what are the few points you really try to get across to people what it is and maybe what Black History Month is not? Well, Black History Month isn't some kind of portal we go into where we now can just be truthful about history. That African-American history is, in fact, American history that much of America doesn't want to hear, doesn't want to learn. Uh, so, you know, in, in my involvement, in my activities at the church during the month of February, but also the month of November, which is Black Catholic History Month, mm -hmm. that I make sure that's an emphasis, that I emphasize that for myself and for those around me that uh, there's a richness that comes in this culture. I know that embracing the truth of history is difficult for many who are beneficiaries of the system, you know, uh, that, that makes them rethink it. But I think the truth will set you free, you know, and, uh, and, and, and the role that I believe that black Catholics have is a prophetic role to call our church back to Jesus, to call our church back to uh, loving your enemies and, and caring for the poor and those who live in the margins of society, that they have a preferential option for our church. That's another best kept secret that uh, of Catholic social teaching. It seems like many folks in the pews don't aren't aware of it, you know. So that's that's my push always, you know, in terms of social justice and so forth, that uh, as a follower of Christ who has uh, a, a, an ancestry that's gone through, uh, you know, the Holocaust, so to speak, you know, that that uh, we can't undo and change that, but we should, certainly can grow from it. And I think that the spirituality of the black Catholic community is a gift to the church, if the church ever would want to receive it. It's, a, it's truly a gift. And it's interesting because if, if as we're talking about Black History Month, one little vignette, and then I have a question for you. But the vignette is, when I was at Mundelein Seminary, we worked with Dr. Lonnie Bunch, who was um, at the... Um, Chicago History Museum. We worked with him on a, displ a display. Lonnie ended up going and beginning the African the Smithsonian African American Museum. So he had a tremendous influence here. He's an expert on presidents, a uh, national expert, and now he's the head of the Smithsonian. So in wow. terms of uh, cultural influence, you know, he can bring his background, his understanding of the black experience into, into a larger, larger platform. And he's a wonderful, wonderful man. But that, that's a little vignette, which you made, reminded me about that kind of an impact. But I had a question in terms of black Catholics, uh, black Catholics of influence. Maybe, I don't know if you would have any uh, 
thoughts on Sister Thea Bowman, her impact, and also Father Augustus Tolton, who we're, we're hoping soon will be canonized and at the cathedral we can mm -hmm. honor that. Well, during my time uh, as director of the Office for Black Catholics, I, it was a privilege to work closely with the uh, the Tolton Guild. I was part of the Guild mm -hmm. and working closely with Bishop Perry, who was the local postulator. Um, and and to you know, we we planned the first fundraisers Beautiful. and and really got the cause off the ground. Mm -hmm. And and that's one of the things that I cherish you know, of, of my past work in the church. Uh, and, and Sister Thea Bowman was a friend. You know, she was very oh. close to my late uncle. Oh, beautiful. Uh, through him, we were close to her. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, she was very instrumental in the, the uh, marriage ministry work that my wife Terry and I uh, got into. And um, uh, I, I think of her often, that her, her, her concern and and her loving advice she gave us in in um stepping out and, and leading in this ministry uh at a time when we were ready to give it up that uh so, Andrew, so she, Andrew, was, uh, your, was your uncle archbishop like from atlanta yes yes he was a auxiliary bishop in cleveland uh, from 79 to 89, then he went to Atlanta as the administrator uh, mm -hmm. after Bishop Marino resigned and uh, and then was made archbishop. But he died like a year and a half afterwards. He, wow. he had uh, lung cancer. He, so when he, when he died, he was, was, how old was he when he was, died? How old I'm sorry, he, I didn't hear you. How old was he when he died? 53. 53. Wow. Now, would that be 53, your would yeah. that be your father's brother? My father's youngest brother. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. At 53, yeah. I remember the name so well. Never realized the correlation that would be your uncle. That's amazing. Now, his involvement in the church. How did it impact you? Oh, tremendously. Um, yeah, I, he I, he was my pen pal. Well, he was a oh. seminarian. I was a young kid. Mm -hmm. wow. uh, when he was ordained, I was his altar server. That we went around the Midwest doing these first masses and things like that. Um, yeah, he was a huge, is a huge influence on my life um, and in, in my call to work in and with and for and sometimes around the church is very much influenced by his commitment and his love for the church. Uh, as a matter of fact, my family is Catholic because of him. Uh, oh. He was, as a young child, he was a student at St. George down there on 39th Street. Oh, sure. And, um, and he decided he wanted to become Catholic. And not only did he enter the church, so did my grandmother, uh, two of my aunts, my father, uh, who at the time was a teenager. And um, and so I was born into this Catholic family, but it had everything to do with my Uncle Jimmy. Now, let me you ask, you, ask you this, Andrew. Where, what theology did he go to? Where did he do his theology? He was, he was down in Teutopolis, Illinois. He's a, a Franciscan, Sacred Heart Province. Gotcha. Oh, okay. So yeah. he was not he was not ordained a diocesan priest. 
He was a Franciscan. No. He was a Franciscan, yeah. Interesting. Mark, uh, take us to break. Sure. This w is fascinating. It really is. WNDZ 750M, Catholic Chicago. You can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We'll be back with Andrew Light. It's a fascinating, fascinating program. Uh, and we'll start to continue our, well, we'll continue our conversation on Black History Month and the African-American culture and how it's impacted, Andrew, how it's impacted you and the lessons you can teach us. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. For more than 20 years, Catholic Charities Adult Protective Services has been advocating for seniors who are the victims of abuse, neglect, confinement, or financial exploitation. With our partners at local, city, and state agencies, our trained case managers follow through on every concern that is brought to our attention in a cooperative way to ensure that our seniors are safe and protected. According to the Illinois Department on Aging, last year nearly 21,000 cases of elder abuse were reported in Illinois. Of these, only 5% were reported by seniors themselves. So raising awareness is an important part of this issue. If you are concerned about a senior you know, call 800-252-8966. That's 800-252-8966. With your help, we can stop elder abuse and look out for the seniors in our lives. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope, too, and it's, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago.
We're back, WNDZ, 750M, Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sackwitz, Mark Teresi here. You can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago with Andrew Like, Tremendous, tremendous um, gift to our archdiocese. He's retired now, which just means he's doing a lot of other things besides what he always has done. Um, you had, when we had talked um, before the program, you had said one of the things you'd like to talk about is a Catholic anti-racist activism. So as you hear that topic, what do you need to tell our listeners and viewers? Well, uh, you know, I was part of the, um, the, the, the dwell in my love uh, anti-racism team for the Archdiocese. We were a task force and we conducted those, uh, those workshops and, and did a lot of work out in parishes and so forth. And um, uh, that was uh, a time when we had to be very, very careful how we said things because we didn't want to upset people. Hmm. Uh, the amazing thing, though, that has happened since in the last few years, particularly during the pandemic, and we when we witnessed that, that uh, online lynching of George Floyd, mm -hmm. and and uh, in the news there were figures like uh, Breonna Taylor mm -hmm. and others that were, were just the kind of uh, violence wrought on black people is something that we get used to, but now the nation somehow is awakening to it, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, uh, it's it's time for us to. Uh, be in as Catholics to be in the front line of, uh, uh, of of fighting that kind of discrimination and 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 placement of of, of uh, this under uh, embedded underclass that Black people have served in this country for way 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 too long, uh, and it is our church that should be leading that charge. Um, but the church is human and made up of humans and with humans as leaders. And we're slow to do that as Catholics. And so part of the work that I'm committed to is to waking us up, to reaching out. And you know, I spend a lot of my time talking with folks about the good news of Jesus, but also the good news of freedom that we 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 still are struggling to to uh, achieve here in this country, uh, full citizenship. I recognize for myself that being born black, I was born automatically criminalized and suspect. Wow. And and that's just one of those realities you learn to adjust to. You, you learn how to talk to the police in such a way that you won't be a, another statistic, you know. Um, and, and I, but I also understand too the frustration with that, that when, you know, you get pulled over for a, on a bogus claim uh, at a time when you just, you're up to here with it, you know. And, um, and so I understand sometimes you know, the, when when you people just refuse to cooperate because you, you, you're 
disrespecting their dignity as mm-hmm. a human being. And and, and, and and we need compassion and empathy from our church, uh, not questions, not disbelief, uh, or seeing uh, or, 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 or coming to an opinion that, you know, what do you people want? What more do you want? You know, it says, no, we want freedom. <laughs> we want uh, to be treated with the dignity that we were born into as human beings. Yeah. And um, so I'm, I'm determined to, to I, I call my, the work that I do Catholic anti-racist activism, because I am a Catholic. And the only way I'm leaving this church is through excommunication. <laughs> uh, you know, I love my church, you know, and, you know, it's with anything you love, you suffer it. And I don't have to agree with uh, a family member on everything to love them. Um, and I don't have to agree with my church always to love my church. And to uh, I see that my role is to, to help my church be what it can be. And, and that's what we're about. Now it ties you know, in, it ties in, we're, uh, in our parish, uh, in our parish, you know, my wife was in the playground. Our two youngest daughters are adopted from Mexico. And one of the ladies sitting next to her was watching our daughter play. And she said, did you know she was going to be that dark? <laughs> and my wife said, yes, and isn't she beautiful? And I thought, connecting with what you're talking about, what's the church's response when we, you know, what's the, our active response? I don't know that that woman's intent was hateful. But it was certainly ignorant in terms of it was ignorant. yeah. What's what? When when as when as a church are we responding well, and where do we need to work on it? Well, we well we need to listen and 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 believe people when they tell you things. You know, uh, I, I I do think though that we're getting there, uh, or at least I I I, I feel very hopeful. It's in the last few years. In, you know, even before I came to work for the Archdiocese and was part of the, the anti-racism task force, I was doing anti-racism work, you know, in the parishes in the south suburbs where I live. And, uh, and it was just a personal quest of mine. Uh, so I've been doing this a long time. I even did some work, you know, on diversity when I worked for the phone company hmm. back in the 70s and 80s. So I've got a long history with this work, but I've never felt more hopeful than I do now. And it sounds a bit paradoxical because it seems like the world is going crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and the ugly head of racism is not only out, it's blatant, it's clear, you know. But I feel so much hope because of the uh, increase, the rapid increase of allies who want to hear the good news, who, who invite me to come and speak. And when I come and speak, I don't pull the punches. I'm not careful not to disturb people. In fact, I see my role is to disturb people and to wake them up out of their slumber. Now, uh, now Andrew, and, I have to answer this question, Andrew, and that is, uh, you were born in 1952. I was born in 53. Yeah. Mark was born in 55. We're all from the same generation. As a child growing up in Chicago, I grew up in Park Ridge, 
Mark grew up in Chicago, Northwest Side, Mark? Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park. Where did you directly experience racism as a boy? Which would have been back in the 50s. Well, field, field trips with oh. school, things like that. Uh, but it really became real for me when I, when I came to Quigley South. It was daily microaggressions I had to deal with. Wow. Uh, not just from the students, not from, just from students, but faculty. Hmm. Administration as well, you can, know. Can you and elaborate was, on that? It was a time bit? of confusion for me, quite honestly. Now, were there many black seminarians at Quigley South with you, or were you in a minority? And we were definitely a minority, but out of around, what, 900, less than 1,000 students, there were probably 50 black students now you spent three so, years you spent three years at quigley south so yeah every every day every day was hurtful for you in some way it was a, a very well you think about this now uh it, it it seems that we don't want to remember this but the name of our school team was the rebels and our insignia was the confederate flag Oh my God, I didn't know that. Yes. We changed, we, well, it was, uh, while I was there, we had it changed. We had an all school assembly where the black students really made our case. We made our case and uh, it was decided that they changed the name of the school team uh, and they dedicated a section of the library to books by about and for African-Americans. Uh, and we got a black history class there too. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, you know, I'm not here to, to, to vilify, no. I mean, we responded to it, you know, we, so I, I, I take pride in being part of that. I witnessed that kind of response when uh, we, we stand up and challenge it. We had formed the United Black Seminarians while mm -hmm. I was there. Uh, it had to be underground at first because we weren't, it wasn't welcome. But after a year, uh, it was it was welcomed as a, a school organization. Um, so yeah, we had to deal with it every day. Uh, but it was one of those things that if, and this was the attitude of leadership, my family, uh, my my uh, my mentors all said, "This is what you got to get used to." Now it's very it, it, very it, it's very interesting. If you're gonna make it, if and, and if you're gonna be a priest, you better, uh, okay. you know, get used to that and not make it an issue. Right. You 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 were class of 1970, not a graduate of Quigley yes. South. I was 71. Mark was Quigley North, class of 73. So then you are a product of the late 60s with that high school experience. So. On that note, Mark, take us to break. Sure. WNDZ 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. You go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. When we come back, let's talk about the cultural impact of the black experience. One of my dear friends in high school was John Lorenz, who was a musician. He played professionally, Mr. Kelly's. But I had gone to some plays that he was involved in in the black community, and it was an interesting perspective on my end to be the only white person in the audience but how I was welcomed and how I was treated. So let's talk about, the, I saw the impact of his music. Let's talk about the cultural impact when we come back. Sure.
vehicle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States, and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. year 44 for me teaching when I started here there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student now I'm the old person (laughs) right now I teach junior high math I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it I see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill people are always amazed what what you're here for 44 years it's hard for me to believe frankly (laughs) I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org schooljobs. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful, life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. back, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sackwitz, Mark Teresi here. You can find us on youtube.com slash catholicchicago with Andrew Light. I had mentioned before the break that classmate of my dear friend, uh, John Lorenz, um, who was a musician not only in the black community, he was a professional at a young age in, in the Chicago music community. One of the things I remember, and I want to ask you about the cultural impact of music, um, I remember a liturgy where we asked him to do a communion meditation, and he did the electric guitar, he did the runs on it. He, he, got in the, he was sitting in the front pew, on top of the pew facing us, which we weren't, we didn't ever experience that informality, and he just did an original piece that blew us all away. 
and it was like his way of worship and it was professional and it was moving and uh, sadly he he was killed uh, uh, after college um, but his music memory lives on. Talk about that cultural experience. Maybe mine is particularly music, but all the areas of arts and how that fits into Black History Month and how it's impacted your life. Well, you know, I am, um, I grew up uh, during a time when, you know, music was, you know, it had, you, 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 in Chicago and probably in other parts of the country as well, you know, you had, black music and white music that was you know and you had radio stations that played black music and radio stations that played white music and then it was uh when when motown music hit the scene you know that got into more mainstream whatever mm -hmm. uh but but there was a you know it was a, a separation in in music uh, th that uh i think the the 60s and into the 70s we kind of broke through a lot of that. But I see a parallel with even our spirituality um, in terms of how we uh, appreciate the arts. Uh, again, we we have a, a spirituality wrought from, you know, generations of, of oppression. And it, it, it makes us, it makes it very easy to just wail mm -hmm. and cry out to God, you know, and, 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 and ask for comfort and, 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 uh, uh, any bit of it that we achieve is, is, is very much appreciated. Uh, I think when we become so, uh, wealthy that all we can do is thank God, you know, but not cry out to God. I, I say, you know, even when you yell at God, it's prayer, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it gives us a, a full and robust spirituality that I treasure it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this experience, I mean, even though, you know, some would say that, you know, as many, many people, the experience of the Catholic Church is a white church, you know, you know, and, and we get asked that question often, why are you Catholic? Or why are you still Catholic? You know, I understand you went to Catholic school and all that, but you're still Catholic. Um, and and I see it as, and, and I love the way uh, then Father Gregory, but now Cardinal Gregory would, would mm -hmm. talk about it, uh, about he, he, he give us the, these, this uh, uh, somewhat of a metaphor of, the hip street dude and the pristine uh, uh, lady, can they dance together? You know, and, it's, and, and he says that not only can they dance, it's a very rich and wonderful dance that to have the kind of uh, spirituality that we have as progeny of uh, enslaved people and those who were uh, terrorized in, in the South and some areas of the North as well. Uh, it, and, 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 you, and you bring that together, the spirituality that comes from that with the drama of the Roman liturgy. It's powerful. It knocks my socks off. 
And uh, not only does it make me an evangelist in the black community for Catholicism, it, it, it puts me out there in the Catholic community as one who is proud to uh, be of the uh, heritage that I have as, a, as an African-American. Now, Andrew, uh, let me ask you this, Andrew, and that is, what has kept you a Catholic? You know, I tried to leave. Uh, when I left Quigley, I thought I was leaving the church, mm -hmm. quite honestly. Uh, I was done. And uh, it was, you know, I, I even, when, I, when Terry and I married, we did not marry in the church. Hmm. Uh, I didn't want anything to do with it. You know, my uncle, uh, he, I, he was a bit offended that we didn't mm -hmm. ask him to marry us. Oh, you yeah, know? I wouldn't imagine. <laughs> and, uh, but it was, it was the, the early years of marriage that had us struggling. Uh, and we were very young. I was just 22. And um, uh, we had friends who went on a marriage encounter weekend and we could see, wow, some, something magical happened with them. And we wanted that too. I wasn't all that interested in religion and all this stuff, you know, but, you know, let's see what we can get. And that whole marriage encounter experience, we became part of a marriage encounter community out where we lived in the Joliet area. Uh, it, it, it really saved us. It, it brought us back to church. Hmm. And um, and for the first time, I really began to understand that sacrament of marriage and what that promise meant. Um, and um, it, it, it was a conversion experience. And that's what brought us back. And, and don't you think um, music in many ways culturally is a bridge? For instance, I don't oh, know yeah. if you're familiar with the triads. They sang out of Marillac House, three black women. They did beautiful. They'd go around to different churches. Well, anyway, they came to our church. We were going to someone's house. That I gave them a ride in the back seat with my not even fiance wife yet. They sang Evergreen, three-part harmony. And then uh, Viola said, marry that girl, marry that girl. And, I, <laughs> and then they sang at our wedding. And, wow. But I thought it was a... It culturally, it just, it was so moving to have that yeah. music as part of our li lives. Uh, what, what's your favorite, mu do we have good music in the church in terms of how? Oh my, oh my God, yes we do. Uh, uh, every year we have what we call, it's the Archbishop James Patterson-like liturgical conference. Oh. Uh, my uncle was a, 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 a liturgist. I mean, he, he loved the, Ro the, the Roman liturgy and uh, uh, he approached it as an artist. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this conference is named after him. Is that wonderful? And we bring the echelon of black Catholic <laughs> composers and liturgists come together. And uh, it is, it's, it's, it's wonderful. We've, we've hosted it here in Chicago a couple of times through the years. Um, this year it's going to be in Dallas. You know, and, um, when, when is it going to be held, Andrew? June, it's that week of Juneteenth. I know that from, it's like we start on the Wednesday and it extends through Saturday. And when was it held in uh, Chicago? Oh, in Chicago, we brought it here, let's see, it was 2006, maybe 2007 or eight. Hmm. Then again in, uh, 
around 2012 or so. Um, Time to and, bring it back. Uh, Time to bring it back. Well, I, I, have, I have a feeling Mark maybe. might be going down to Dallas. <laughs> and he, yeah, he, we encourage it. As yeah. a matter of fact, we're hoping to get our, you know, I'm, I'm a member at St. Veronica's Parish on the south, in the south suburbs. And this is a, uh, a cons consolidation of three parishes. So it was St. Irenaeus that was in Park Forest, mm -hmm. St. Lawrence Old School in, in, uh, in Madison, where I live, and Infant Jesus of Prague in, in Flossmoor. So these three parishes are now uh, St. Veronica's, and it's located at the Infant Jesus of Prague site in Flossmoor. I get the impression and, you interior are pretty active in the parish. Yes, I, I, I've decided to get very involved in the parish, uh, primarily because they invited me to. Uh, <laughs> it makes a difference. Uh, yeah. and, and it seems that uh, the, the, the message of welcoming them, style of hospitality, isn't come and be like us, but come and be with us and make us different because you are here. There's an openness to this that I have never quite honestly experienced before. So I'm very excited about this new parish configuration and uh, a pastoral staff that is very open. We need to bring um, the program to a close, Andrew. First of all, real quickly, your book entitled Marriage on a Lampstand from 2017. How can people get a copy of your book regarding marriage? If they went to our website, marriageonalampstand.com, or I'm sorry, marriageonalampstand.org. So marriageonalampstand.org uh, to place an order. Yeah. Okay, okay excellent. Yeah. I want to thank you in a very special way. Andrew Like. Andrew, you've been a tremendous guest today. Beautiful. Keep up the great ministry. You are a beacon of light and hope for all of us. Special thanks to co-host Mark Teresi. Thank you. To our producers and engineers, Michael May, Clint Cottrell, Brian Hockey at Menbrock. To our listeners, may God bless all of you. Again, Mark predicted Super Bowl. This is Thursday. This is airing back on Monday. The game was yesterday. He predicts him to win. Kansas City, so do I. God bless all of you. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.